and welcome to another Meta Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine, featuring interesting, inspiring, educational, and entertaining stories, discussions, and interviews of purpose, with purpose, on purpose. Hello, everybody. This is J.W. Nigerian, and we're here today with uh, Dr. Walter Jacobson. How are you doing, Dr. Jacobson? I'm doing great. Thanks. Hey, um, it's great to have you. You know, I've been, as you know, I've been trying to get you on the show for a while, and uh, not, that, not that you haven't wanted to come on, uh, but uh, my uh, schedule didn't, didn't work out. But I'm really excited that, that we finally got together. So thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. I know you're, you're very busy because you're, you're a psychiatrist, a psychologist, uh, and you're, you have a private practice, correct? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. Anyway, the reason we're talking to Dr. Jacobson today is because uh, he wrote a wonderful book, uh, called Forgive to Win. And uh, Dr. Jacobson, uh, like I just mentioned, you're a board-certified psychiatrist. You've been in private practice in Los Angeles since uh, 1999. Uh, you spe- uh, specialize in cognitive therapy, spiritual psychotherapy. That's a weird, that's weird. We'll have to talk about that. Equine-assisted psychotherapy. That's a cool one. Past life regression therapy. Uh, you're a motivational and inspirational speaker um, and a mastery of life mentor. Uh, guiding people towards the fulfillment of their goals and dreams. Your blogs and videos offer people spiritual techniques and cognitive tools for achieving happiness, physical well-being, prosperity, and success in all realms of their lives. Uh, let's just start out right away because um, we talked just before we came on about uh, the woo-woo versus, you know, logic. And some of the things here, you know, are uh, some people would say, well, wait, this is a regression therapy guy, mastery life mentor, inspirational speaker, um, spiritual psychotherapist. What is all that? Okay. In general, I believe that you should try to tackle any problem with uh, any solution. So you should really, you know, you should have a lot of tools in your toolkit because you never know when something may, you know, uh, prove to be helpful. Uh, so I do dabble in different uh, different realms, different uh, of, you know, psychiatric techniques and procedures, but but ultimately it's all designed to get people empowered, to get people to really understand that they are uh, in control of their lives, they are not victims of the past or the future, that they, they can make their world happen. Spiritual psychotherapy is basically the concept that most people's problems, their depression, their anxiety, their unhappiness in relationships, their unhappiness in their lives, really comes down oftentimes to uh, resentments, anger, judgments, uh, not letting go of the past, real, uh, sabotaging themselves. So spiritual psychotherapy is, okay, you want to be happier, you want to be healthier, you want to be wealthier, you know, really get your own house in order, get rid of your judgments, get rid of your attack thoughts, uh, you know, get out of yourself, get out of your ego, help other people, forgive other people, let go of your judgments and resentments and jealousies. And so that's spiritual psychotherapy, is focusing on uh, do unto others, on treating other people well, esteeming acts of kindness, forgiveness, acceptance, generosity, all these things. You do these things, you focus on these things, I guarantee your world gets better. You're less depressed, you're less anxious, you're less angry. People want to cooperate with you more. Uh, you stop doing stupid stuff that gets in your way. <laughs> and we're going to get into that. I really want to get into that a little more. Um, let me go back to the fact that you're a psychiatrist, um, but then you talk about these things. Let me just ask you straight out. Um, have you had issues with the field of psychiatry, or where do you feel it has its place and does not, and, and does not apply? 
Okay, the problem I have with psychiatry is that they took a huge detour some, you know, 30 years ago when Prozac came out and they started getting a handle on, on, on chemistry and antidepressants. I, I, I think they, they decided to, like, kind of give up the therapy part. And they said, okay, we're going to become, like, you know, psychopharmacologists, and we're now going to, that's, that's our focus now. Our specialty is brain chemistry. And I think they made a big mistake, the, the field of psychiatry, going down that road. Because, first of all, I, I think it's like a Band-Aid. It doesn't really uh, cure anything. It, it, and a lot of times medicines just numb people so that they can tolerate a bad existence rather than changing their lives, changing their mind, and ma making their world better. So they kind of gave up the role of psychotherapy to the, to the psychologists. I think that was a huge mistake. I, I think the, the, first, uh, the first effort should be at helping people to change their minds, to understand their fears, and to overcome them, uh, and overcome distorted thinking so that they can uh, feel happy and, and uh, use pills or medicines as a last resort. Okay. And some would argue with you that uh, in a lot of cases with people that are out of control that you need to go to the drugs first to get them to the place where you can start working with them. You no, okay, i got to qualify. No, you're right about that, and I, I don't d disagree with that. There, are, there, there definitely is a segment of people who, you, yeah, you can't fool around with talk therapy. Uh, they're in a really bad state, either agitated, you know, or uh, mood swings, uh, aggression, or, you know, paranoia. So, no, I agree. There are, there are people who, yeah, you've got to tone down the engine and, you know, and kind of stabilize uh, some of the states before you could even possibly do any therapy. So, yeah, you can't take, uh, I didn't mean to say that across the board, you just, right. you just got to start talking to people. You really got to pay attention. There are times when the medicines are critical. But I think down the road, uh, in, in, in the years to come, if when we start to train, uh, you know, actually primary care doctors to start doing uh, psychology and teaching, teaching children, uh, pediatricians teaching children and parents being better parents at, at not shaming their kids, uh, the need... Uh, for medicines is going to diminish. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, and, and let's, um, you, you touched on a little bit uh, the um, spiritual psychotherapy. Let's, uh, let's talk about equine-assisted uh, psychotherapy. That's, that's with horses, correct? Yeah, yeah, this is really an amazing area because, it, you know, you don't ride the horses. It's not, it's not horseback riding, it's, right. uh, but, but you, it's experiential. You get experiences with the horses. So what happens is the person, uh, the patient, uh, we, we do exercise with the horses. Where they, may, they have to try to get the horse to go behind a certain boundary or get the horse to follow a certain trail. Now, the beauty of horses is that they're, you know, they're not going to listen to you. And, you know, you can't use treats. You can't cajole them. You can't push them or touch them. So what happens happens is uh, you try to uh, do this objective of getting the horse to go from A to, to B, horse doesn't want to do it, you get frustrated. And then you start to see how you deal with the animal, how you deal with the, with the problem solving of getting the horse to go to A to B when the horse doesn't want to, you start to see your behavior. So people start to get frustrated, they get angry, they break boundaries, uh, they recognize the, the limited problem solving abilities they have. And so through the process of working with the animals, uh, they discover, uh, you know, issues about themselves as opposed to sitting in a room and talking to somebody and trying to gain insight. They gain insight by their own personal experience. It's fascinating. Wow, that's, that's really cool. Um, and I'm going to touch, since I mentioned it, I'm going to ask you about regression therapy. We spoke a little about this before, but um, go ahead and tell me what do you do in regression therapy? Because some people think it's a little woo-woo. They may or may not believe in past lives, but tell me what, what you do with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, the interesting thing about uh, about past life regression therapy is uh, whether you believe in it's it's kind of wild, but whether you believe in past lives or not, it actually can be a very empowering, powerful experience because you're still going into the depths of your mind. And so if you're going, if you're using a past life regression in order to learn something about yourself, well, you know, why am I this way in, uh, in this life? Is it something that happened in a past life that, that made me that way? And so that, that makes me anxious or obsessive or, or manic or, or angry. And so, you, you, you know, that's the question. You go into a past life and see if you can find a past life where you played out a, a certain role, you know, and developed these certain uh, behaviors. Uh, but it doesn't matter because if that's your question, why am I the way I am, the mind will, can actually, through a past life experience, whether it's real or not, you will get answers. Your mind will put, like a gestalt, your mind will put together a solution based upon the bits and pieces of what you come up with during the past life regression episode. So even if you're just making it up, everything that you make up still is part of an answer that you're asking for because the mind is so powerful. Wow, that's interesting. So you're not saying one way or another. You're just saying that it's uh, the, the, the feedback that you get back is uh, very. You can very use it. Yeah, a psychiatrist, can, a therapist can use the feedback uh, and and, uh, and to put it, to put the pieces together and come up with a formulation as to why people are the way they are, and you can find solutions. Uh, so. Uh, so that's what I tell people is whether you have a, a, a passive experience that you believe happened or, or didn't happen, doesn't matter. We can still benefit from it. But I must say, personally, I, I, I'm kind of leaning in that direction. I, I, believe there is in, I do believe in past life, uh, and I do believe that past life regression works because the, some of the patients I've, I've, I've worked with, it's, been like, it, it's mind-blowing. I mean, they come up with some serious detail and information that, uh, <laughs> you know, if they just if they're just making it up, it's pretty astounding. <laughs> sure. Let me ask you something about that because you know one of the things that we hear all the time, and you know, and you know, we 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 get our minds uh, hooked on something and we make it reality, whether it is or not. Um, one of the things, since you've done this a few times, let me ask you: uh, Does everybody really uh, come come from a? Uh, they're a king or queen or prince or. Uh, something beforehand, or you oh, know, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like yeah, oh, I was Cleopatra in a past life. Yeah, I was uh, Alexander the Great. Uh, no, most people are not special and important people or celebrities when you do the past life regression. No, no you you have people who are peasants in the field and or in, in, in in tribal jungle environments. You know, you just just regular people. Of uh, I, I've never came across anybody who was. Who uh, was a, a special talent? Although uh, when uh, when I was doing my training with Brian Weiss, who was a psychiatrist and one of the experts in past life regression, he he told us about a, a, a patient who he did a, a regression on, and she went back and uh, and uh, to a past life and talked about being a composer, a male composer in like the 1800s. Came up with the name. And then when she came out of the regression, uh, she actually went online and Googled and found herself. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, no, that's really interesting stuff. Let's get to your book. Okay. Um, okay. Now, let me just preface by saying, uh, I think you got a hold of me uh, through, um, let me, I think it's Lincoln. Ray Ibarra. Right. Oh, Ray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ray Ibarra. What a great guy. Yeah. Thank you, Ray. Uh, so, yeah, giving kudos to Ray. He's uh a super guy. He has his own um, radio talk show, um, the Media Hour or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh huh. And yeah. Um, 
when I first he when he first uh, talked about you, I said forgiveness. You know, this is a, this is a cool thing. Let me check it out. You sent me a book. I got I started reading it and um, immediately saw myself. You know, um, and I, I let my wife read it. She got a ton from it. We've given this book away to a ton of people. Uh, whether they read it or not, I don't know. Um, and to be honest with you, and we'll get into this, I didn't finish the end, and we'll get into what the end is all about. Uh, but I'm looking forward to doing so. And it also um, it got me in touch with forgiveness because I'm one of the people that you talk about in the book that, you know, uh, checked out The Secret and read, read just about every self-help or thought leader book out there and still, still felt that there was something holding me back um, from getting the things that I wanted and, getting, uh, and, and not sabotaging myself and not uh, keeping myself back. And I really believe that you've hit on something tremendously huge, um, and that's forgiveness. And so I'm going to let you kind of take over from here because you know more about that about that uh, than I do. Obviously, you wrote the book. So can we start off with talking about anger and self-sabotage? Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, let, let me just go back to the idea of the secret first because that's a really an important principle here. Is okay. uh, the, 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 the reason why for many people the secret doesn't work or they think it doesn't work because you know they're sitting in their room and they're affirming and you know and they're visualizing and, and they they're trying to attract this this wonderful uh, existence but what they don't appreciate and what the missing link of my book is is that consciously they may want what they want and they may be pushing hard consciously to attract all, all sorts of wonderful things but if at an unconscious level uh, you uh, don't like yourself. If at an unconscious level you don't think you're worthy and good enough, at an unconscious level you are filled with, filled with guilt, shame, and self-loathing, then that's what your subconscious is going to glom onto. That's where the, the subconscious is going to take direction from that, not from your conscious wishes, but from your deep unconscious self-definition. So if you deep down you don't uh, love yourself and think you're worthy, your subconscious mind is going to attract debris and, uh, and toxic circumstances and, and missed opportunities, and, it, and your subconscious mind is going to whisper in your ear, it's not going to work, you're not good enough, give it up, don't even bother, you know, that, that sort of thing. So, so basically, uh, that's the premise, is your unconscious mind, uh, you have guilt, shame, and self-loathing buried there that's running the show. So the only way you're going to get the life that you want and get rid of self-sabotaging behaviors uh, is to love yourself. Uh, you gotta, you got to get rid of the guilt. you got to get rid of the shame. Uh, you got to get rid of the self-loathing. You've got to forgive yourself and love yourself. And when you do that, and when you start to feel good about yourself and love yourself and feel you're worthy and good enough, the subconscious mind will get that message and go, yeah, this guy deserves reward, not punishment. We're going to attract uh, opportunities and synergistic people and circumstances. We're going to stop whispering in his ear that he can't. We're going to start whispering that he can. You will. It's going to happen. And so the subconscious mind then helps you to manifest all the things you consciously want. So that's the key to this. So how do you forgive yourself? How do you love yourself? The answer is you can't just sit in a room and go and pat yourself on the back. It's not going to work. You can't chant, I love myself, I'm good enough. Affirmations are good. Chanting is good. What you got to do is forgive and love others. I'm sorry. That's, well, well, that's one of the things that caught me because, you know, I'm a, you know I've read about affirmations forever, um, whether, you know, uh, from way back. And... Uh, it always turns out that for every affirmation you tell your brain, your brain, you know, it's pretty powerful and pretty fast. It can it can throw back ten thousand reasons back at you in a second why you can't. 
Right, right. The affirmations, I mean, definitely it's all part of programming. Uh, you, you should use them. But, again, if you don't have the missing link, then you're right. It's going to bounce back, and your, your mind's going to twist it around. Your ego's going to find a way to neutralize it and, and bring out the negativity rather than the positivity. So that's why you re- you really got to get rid of the guilt, shame, and self-loathing. you got to forgive yourself and love yourself. And the only way to do that, in my opinion, is to forgive and love others. So that's the backbone of, of forgive to win and what I call the forgiveness diet is get out of yourself, do esteemable acts of kindness to others as best you can, as much you can, as much as you can, without conditions. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you don't want anything back. You don't need anything back. You're not looking for even a thank you. And without exceptions, you're going to help everybody as best you can, however you can. Not this guy because you like how he looks, but uh, not that guy because you don't like it. Everybody, you do the best you can to to help people. However, get out of yourself, help people, be generous, be gracious, and then forgive. Let go of judgments. Let go of attack thoughts. um, As I understood, was anger because you know anger is something that that's our lizard brain from the past. It's part of the, I guess it's part of the fight flight kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Where where it allows you to fight back. uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, getting your adrenaline up and fighting back. But as you say, once you're done, and I don't know if anger even works anymore in this world. um, But once you're done with anger. if you don't put it away, it's it's very self-sabotaging. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you you said it real well. Anger is a signal device. Uh, it, it, it tells us that something's wrong. We feel attacked. We need to do something. We need to mobilize. We need to fight or flight or, or do something so that we uh, protect ourselves so that we don't get hurt. Once you recognize that and you recognize that you've got to do something, carrying the anger onward is, is, is more than a waste of time. It's actually hurting you. That's the key premise also of the book is that anger hurts forgiveness heals you hang on to anger you hang on to uh, resentments you hang on to judgments from the past and all you are doing is kicking yourself in the head uh you know no one else is losing any sleep you know you're you you know you are keeping yourself stuck also anger is an attack even when you feel justified and you're screaming at somebody because of something they did to you that wasn't nice even that screaming is an assault it's an attack and even if you feel justified in doing it on a deep unconscious level when you attack somebody you don't like yourself for it you reinforce the guilt shame and self-loathing so anger hurts you big time not only does anger cause like blood pressure and you know and heart attacks and strokes and stomach aches and ulcers and migraines uh, it, you know it suppresses your immune system uh, causes uh, you to have an increased chance of illness and, and it's harder to fight illness so ang- you know anger is just massively dis- disruptive when you get angry you got to ask yourself uh, you know do I really need to go there uh, and if you don't and usually you don't you need to let it go get out of yourself forgive and accept as much as you can and find ways to forgive F- find ways to like overlook the, the flaws and, and, and you know and uh, defaults of others right let's talk about that a little bit because I think if we hold on to anger, a lot of times it's about punishing. And, and why I say that, um, one, of the, one of the issues with anger that I see all the time is that, you know, that old saying that when you point a finger at somebody else, three, three fingers are pointing back at you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when we kid ourselves into being angry to punish somebody for something we felt has been done to us, we forget to take responsibility for the actions that have caused the issue us being the, what do you call it, the uh, common denominator in our own lives. And so it's actually, isn't, aren't we projecting anger at that point and, and, and 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you actually raised the, the two points here. One is uh, why people don't let go of anger, and you're right. It's because they feel they've been hurt. They feel the other person should feel guilty. The other person should be punished. And so we are going to withhold forgiveness as a form of punishment. Right. And uh, my point is no. If you, if first, you know, there can be consequences to people's bad behavior. That, that's not a problem. You don't condone bad behavior, but right. you forgive people for your own peace of mind. So you, you you let go of the anger cause, and you stop punishing other people because you are basically punishing yourself. And you're right. That ties into the other thing you said, which is about projection. Basically, regardless of how badly people are behaving, when we point the finger at them and see them as bad and ugly and and considerate and unloving and you know. Really, we are really just projecting our own deepest, darkest, you know, thoughts about ourselves at an unconscious level. And we're seeing it in other people so we can feel better about ourselves. That's what projection as a defense mechanism is all about. We see it in other people, and then we kind of think, oh, I don't really have that. That's not me. They're the bad. They're the evil. They're the ugly. They're the unkind, the ungracious, the inconsiderate. But the fact is, we're just dredging up all of our own crap uh, to feel better about ourselves, and we're not really... Getting rid of it. That's the key. We're just sweeping it under the rug. Deep down inside, we still have this ball of guilt, shame, self-loathing, <laughs> anger, etc. So that's why... You're not you, building self-esteem by being, by being angry at others. No, nah, not at all. You're, you're, yeah, so that's, but that's also the mechanism of why forgive to win works, because if we're projecting our garbage and our judgment of ourselves onto other people, when we forgive them and overlook their garbage, we're actually forgiving and overlooking our projections. We're forgiving and overlooking all the crap in ourselves. That's how we heal. Because of the principle of projection, we use it to heal. So if, if we are attacking others, we're really attacking ourselves. So when we forgive others, we're forgiving ourselves. Great. I want to talk about, and I always have a hard time saying this word, estimable acts, um, because the key here is forgiving yourself. But in order, but we just can't do that. You're, you're saying we just can't. Okay, I forgive me, and we move on. In order to do that, you have to you have to forgive others first. And um, this is where estimable acts comes in. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Estimable acts are. Uh, it's two parts. It's it's uh, forgiveness. First of all, is ultimately the key to all of it. But estimable acts is that that's that's how you you love yourself by loving others. So what? So you try to be of service to others. If you see other people in need, you try to help them, whether it be uh, monetarily or just giving of your time, giving of your physical efforts, making suggestions, advice, smiling at people, holding the door. There's a million and six ways that you can, you know, help other people. And if every day you walk out that door, you know, and just remind yourself, this is what I want to do. I want to be a good person. I want to lend a helping hand. I want to make a difference in someone else's life. And then opportunities appear, and you and you extend yourself. And when you do that, man, it's a great feeling. You have connected with another soul. Uh, you feel really good about yourself. You've helped them. And uh, and at the same time, you're healing your deep wounds of, of guilt, shame, and self-loathing for yourself. So, And forgiveness, of course, is the ultimate esteemable act, is extending forgiveness to others no matter how they're behaving. We, we, you know, we try to see the good in others no matter how bad they are behaving. We, we, we may you know, hate the sin, but find a way to love the sinner. Right. And that, and that kind of goes into my question, um, some, of the, some of the questions that I came up that maybe didn't totally get answered for me in the book. And that is, um, one of them is... Um, you know, I've been on many. I've been on boards where we fed people and did things, and and sometimes you try to help somebody, and they're not always 
they, it's not like Hollywood, the movie, where you do something and everybody's so thankful and loving and wonderful back. Sometimes people don't appreciate help. Yeah. Or when you're on a, giving food on a food line, uh, they're not, uh, the people that you're giving to are not always kind. Um, and so it's, it's very hard to feel like you did something nice because you walk away going, I, I, don't, I don't even feel appreciated for the nice thing I did. Does that make sense to you? Well, it was, of, of course, but that's ego. See, that's, that's, that's the mistake. We've let, we've let our ego get in the way. Our ego saying, you know, what's in it for me? I was a nice guy. This person was rude and ungracious. Screw them. What's the big, what's the deal here? That ain't right. You know, and then you get, you cop this righteous, uh, attitude, of, uh, and this ignorant, indignant attitude. And that's a mistake. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. There will be times when people will not be receptive, and you will not get the thank you. You will not get the grace. You will not feel appreciated. You, you know, but th- that's not that's the point. Not the point. That's not the, and you don't need it. You don't need all that crap uh, to heal yourself, and that's really all you want. So, what, what do you, how the, how the rest of the world responds is not important. What's important is that you do your job, and your job is to go out there and try to help as best you can and forgive as best you can without conditions. Remember, and that's the deal. Is one of the conditions is I don't need a thank you. I don't need people to be gracious. I don't need people to even acknowledge that I've done anything. If I do it completely secretive and no one has any idea that I've done anything, that's good too. But that's the whole point is, and that's the test and the challenge. If you help somebody and then you walk away with the thought, I didn't get a thank you, you know, you've lost. You've got to correct that thinking right there. Go time out. Wait a second. That's insane thinking. That's my ego wanting to be gratified. That's not who I am. Uh, that's not what I want to be. And I'm not going to go there. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to help this person. And I know I did help, whether they're aware of it or not, and whether they are, you know, are, are, are kind about it or not. And that's the thing. Everything work. Forgiveness and love work at a deep, deep level, whether we see results or not. All right. This is probably the same answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, many of us have either bosses, people we work with, or family members that are not necessarily great or nice people. They could be narcissistic sociopaths for all we know. But And so it's very hard to – maybe you might for, be able to, with the things you do, forgive them for things they've done in the past, but they're continually doing stuff in your life daily. How do you deal with that? Well, uh, it's uh, you're, you're right. It's real tough. Every day, you know, you've got to find a way to uh, to neutralize it. If you have people in your life who are, you know, are inconsiderate or unloving or abusive, uh, you, you know, uh, certainly the, the first thing to do is to try to set boundaries so that you you don't get abused. Uh, but if you're kind of stuck with a you know with a difficult boss, you got to try, you've got to do uh, flip the switch in your mind because if to stay angry and resentful uh, towards the boss is going to hurt you. So you got to try to. Uh, try to come up with ways in which to, 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 to see the person differently. So maybe you see that this person as, you know, he, he didn't get much love when he was a kid or he's really scared about his job because he's got a boss and the, the economy is rough and, and, you know, so he's getting on everybody's case because he's afraid that if he doesn't perform or we don't perform, then he doesn't perform and he gets fired and, you know, he, he could be having fights with his with his wife or, or be in the midst of a divorce or, or have uh, lung cancer we don't know about. I mean, there's a million and six reasons why people behave badly and, and rude and he could be a, a narcissist and a sociopath either way you just have to decide you know what this is a job I'm going to do my job I'm going to be as pleasant as I can and you know and if this person is a nightmare that's their problem uh, I don't have to be brought down I don't have to believe it I don't have to believe anything they label me I I know who I am I'm happy about myself and you know and so you just have to talk, use whatever tools to talk yourself into a place where you aren't hanging on to a judgment and a resentment 
for your own good. And a lot of this is, uh, again, ego-bound. Right. Where it's, where it's why it doesn't, you don't have to make it all about you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, again, you just try to, instead of demonizing people out there who behave badly, we try to understand that, that they're essentially mentally ill. And uh, and uh, so you don't you don't need to build up a, a steam of of hate, uh, you know, and anger and vengeance and vengeance and judgment. You have to try to be compassionate. <laughs> so yeah, so expecting somebody who isn't a certain way to be a certain way is probably a sign of insanity in itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, to expect like a narcissistic sociopath to change or to be sensitive is is pretty unrealistic. So you have to change how you react to somebody like that. And you've got to right. find a way to deflect a, a, any negativity that's thrown your way. And you can do it with your mind and with the tools that, that we talk about. Okay, so now let's, let's get to the heart of the whole thing. Obviously, the heart is the forgiveness, but let's get to the heart of your book, which is um, – which is great because there's a lot of uh, self-help books out there that leave you hanging, letting you know that you're screwed up and you're a big, uh, <laughs> and you're a big mess, and they leave you laying on the floor. Yes, you are messed up, but they don't necessarily give you a way out of it. You uh, mentioned it before, the forgiveness diet. Tell me about that. Okay, well, basically, the whole key to this whole system is to reprogram your mind, to get out of your ego and you know, and to get out of anger, and to get out of judgment, and to get into helping other people, get into accepting other people, and to get into uh, forgiveness. So you really, you know, you've had decades, if not lifetimes, to be angry and aggressive and negative. And so you know, you've got to program, reprogram your mind to change. And so the forgiveness diet is is a daily routine of thoughts, exercises, behaviors, all designed to reinforce. Uh, this reprogramming so that you uh, get better and better at keeping your mind uh, focused on the principles that you believe will heal you. So I, I've kind of broken it down into uh, you know uh, similarities to a regular diet. You know, a regular diet has you need protein. In a forgiveness diet, the protein is steamable acts of kindness and forgiveness. In a regular diet, uh, you know you want to keep the fat down. Uh, spiritual fat in the forgiveness diet is judgments. Attack thoughts, jealousies, resentments. You want to get rid of all that spiritual fat. Sugar in a diet, you got a quick fix. Feels good in the moment. Later you go, why did I just eat that candy bar? I'm on a diet. This is terrible. Uh, you know, uh, I feel really bad about myself. Uh, so, you know, so the spiritual sugar in, a, in the diet is when you do things that are gratifying to your ego in the, in the moment, but are bad for your soul in the long run, like gossiping, ridiculing people, practical jokes. Yeah, you know, things like that, uh, teasing people, making fun of people, uh, getting laughs at other people's expense. That's the spiritual sugar. You want to cut down on that. And I don't know if you want me to keep going. There's, there's uh, fiber. Uh, fiber in a regular diet, fiber in a, more, uh, fiber in a spiritual diet is moral fiber. Tell the truth. You know, be a, man, a person of your word. You know, do what you say you're going to do. Don't say something that you know you're not going to do. You know, be honest with other people and be honest with yourself. Uh, so that's the, you know, and then we have, you know, in a regular diet, you're told to have, drink plenty of water, eight glasses of water throughout the day to help digestion. And in, in our spiritual diet, in the forgiveness diet, that we have spiritual water is mantras. Every, couple, every hour or two, we remind ourselves of the truth that anger hurts, forgiveness heals. I could see peace instead of this. So we have a certain like little mantras and affirmations to keep in the forefront of our mind. And if you are constantly every hour telling yourself anger hurts, forgiveness heals, 
then your your narcissistic psycho boss comes over to you, you know, and says something rude to you, and your first thought is, I want to get really angry and scream at this guy. And you wait, hey, wait a second, anger hurts, forgiveness heals. That's right. I, I can let go of this. I don't need to. You get angry back. I can defuse this. I can find another way to deal with this. So that's these these mantras, the spiritual water throughout the day. And then we've got the supplements like affirmations and visualizations and dream programming and lucid dreaming and and uh, things like that. So it's a daily oh and a, an inventory every night. We we do an inventory. We ask ourselves. How did I behave that day? Was I loving? Was I considerate? Was I forgiving? Did I go out of my way to help other people? Was I selfish? Was I contracted? Did I not do something I could have done to help somebody else? Well, you know, was I not generous? Was I sarcastic and belittling? And then you make you do an inventory, and then in the morning you check your inventory and you walk out that door going, you know, I'm going to be better today. You know, and with so and so who I was rude to yesterday, I'm going to make an amends. Sorry, I was rude. I was having a bad day. I appreciate you. And you go forward. And so this is all about training your mind to get out of yourself, to practice these principles of forgiveness and assume blacks. And so the more you do this every day, you get better and better. You train your mind. And eventually it becomes habit. You replace old negative habits that have brought you self-sabotage and defeat. You replace them with new habits, which are going to bring you self-actualization, happiness, you know, and uh, material success. Yeah, the uh, and you only ask in the book. You only ask for ninety days of this, but it becomes a habit after that point. Oh, absolutely! You you, you really you the ninety days is if you do it diligently, you you it, you do fix it. You do kind of get it into your head, and it becomes a routine. But you, this is a lifetime process. You can't let up. You, you just need to keep on doing this because uh, you, you, because the ego is so strong, and you know, and it will continually try to drag you back down into the pit of self-loathing. So you must stay focused and vigilant on the truth, which is that forgiveness and love and acceptance and compassion are the only way to go. Yeah, I'd imagine that even if you only did the 90 days, it would be life-transforming because it's, it plants that seed in your head. That you know, And I'm, one of the, I'm a believer that once you stretch the brain, it's very hard to put it back. That's so, right. You can't, you can't go home again. You're right. And absolutely, you know, you do this 90 days, you can't help but be better. Because that's how it works. It's, it's, because this isn't fanciful thinking, and this isn't like, you know, magical, mystical, you know, spiritual, new age, woo-woo. This is how you program the mind. The mind is very logical and works with uh, conditioned responses, and that's what we're doing. We're replacing old conditioned habits with new ones. And, and, uh, and so it works. And so you can't, I guarantee, you can't help but be better in some way by engaging in this process. Okay, so let's, uh, we've talked about the book. We've kind of broke down some of the powers, of the, the power of forgiveness and, and the diet and, and uh, you know, and, and everything about the, or a lot of stuff about the book, and there's a lot more. But where can we get the book? Is it available on Amazon, on your site? Yeah, yeah, uh, def- definitely. You can go to Amazon, you can go to Barnes & Noble, and there's also Kindle and, and Nook versions, and uh, and you can go to my website, which is WalterJacobsonMD.com, and I've got a bunch of blogs and videos there where uh, that's all I talk about is the spiritual stuff and cognitive cognitive tools as well, relationship tools, communication skills, and, and so you can also you know, you click on the, the book cover on, on my website. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. You can People can come on board and... Join the party. Yeah, you have a you have a Facebook page for Give to Win. Yes. Uh, you're on Twitter at Walter Doc uh, yeah. W A L T E R D O C. Yes. 
at uh, on Twitter, and uh, your website is WalterJacobsonMD.com. Right. And uh, I know I've seen some of your videos. They're good. You're going to come out with more of those? This, uh, the ones I saw were really good. I'd like to see more. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I am. I, I'm actually going to be starting a... Uh, a, a forgive to win group on a, on a website called Global One TV, which is a, which is a spiritual website, and uh, I'm going to probably start up in three or four weeks, and then I'm going to get into like a major like everyday kind of video, to and I'm going to put it out there on my website also, and uh, and you know and announce it on Facebook. So yeah, I thank you, and I am going to get into the videos. I'm really going to do another uh, big push to uh, to get the message out there. No, that's great because the, the the videos kind of kind of go into. Uh, whole different areas that the books don't the book doesn't cover a lot of times. So, yeah, it, it kind of expounds on some things in the book, and some of the things I've heard you talk about weren't necessarily in there. So, but uh, are, are are definitely more pieces to the puzzle and, and and good information. So, appreciate that. Thank you. Um, the other thing you mentioned, I wanted to ask you before I let you go. Um, you mentioned lucid dreaming, and it's something I've used. Uh, I don't know if people know. That some people know about it, some people don't. I'm sure some people have heard about it, but they're not sure what it is. And, and I've used it in the past um, with wonderful results. Could you just talk about it one second? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, the idea behind lucid dreaming is that you essentially uh, wake up in your dream. So you're still dreaming, but your consciousness becomes aware that you're in a dream. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, this can happen spontaneously, but you can also uh, actually train yourself and practice uh, you know, kind of programming a lucid dream. But, yeah, so the, but the whole idea is when you wake up in your dream and you become conscious that you're dreaming and you're looking at the dreamscape, the dream reality, then you're, then you're in a whole other universe where it's almost like the matrix where your mind can do whatever you want it to do. If you want to fly, you can fly. If you want to go talk to uh, somebody, uh, think of that person, you can go talk to them. And so you can, uh, you can use a lucid dream to actually uh, overcome fears uh, in the real world. This goes back to when I first learned about it, there was like a, a, a tribe in Africa called the Sonoy tribe, and they would send uh, people out as a, as a rite of passage. Uh, young men would go out into the jungle to, uh, to survive, and they'd have to like battle tigers, and, and there was a lot of fear. So they would have dreams before they would go out, lucid dreams, and if they, so in the dream, they would be aware, awake in their dream, and then they would imagine themselves confronting the tiger, and then the tiger would be there, and they would beat the tiger, and overcome the tiger in their lucid dream because they could control the dream with their mind. In a lucid dream, when you're awake in your dream, you can do that. And so then what would happen is they would conquer the beast in their dream and they would be conquering their fear in their dream. And then in the real world, when they went out to like do their rite of passage, they tended to be more successful because they worked through uh, something in their, in their dream. Yeah, and I wish I, could, I wish I could say that I've been that good at it. I'm not. I've, I've dabbled with it for a while, and sometimes I've been able to control, sometimes not. But I always get a win from it because the dreams are so – you want to dream vividly, put yourself in that state. That's my most vivid dreams I've ever had. Oh yeah, it's it's an exhilarating thing when you go when you kind of wake up to the fact that you're in the dream world and you're and you look around and to see it. It's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. Anyway, so we're talking today to Dr. Walter Jacobson, and he's the author of Forgive to Win. Remember that? Go go Google it, Forgive to Win. Uh, on Amazon, you can read the first uh, chapter, I think, uh, which kind of breaks down everything we've talked about today in a little more detail. 
Um, and it's really great. It just, you know, you have to buy the book to get the uh, forgiveness diet and, 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 you know, the other chapters. But you actually, uh, I think Amazon allows you to read a, because it's a, it's a small book. It's a small yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a real, it's a small book. It's an easy read. You could probably knock it out in a couple of hours if you just want to, you know, get through it. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's an easy read. It's not complicated. And in Amazon, you're right. They have like a, a little peek into the, uh, into the book section and you can definitely get a, a real strong sense of, of what it does. And I've got some reviews of people who have, who have, uh, read the book on, on the Amazon site. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's definitely made a difference in a lot of people's lives. It, it will improve the quality of your life and, and it will improve the quality of the world and that's really the bottom line ultimately is you know when we stop sabotaging ourselves and we get rid of our resentment and our anger and you know all that crap and start forgiving and cooperating the world's going to get better i mean the world's in the toilet now because we're so divided and we're so full of uh, judgment and attack and when every every single person one mind at a time one heart at a time starts to like get rid of that anger and, and wants to, tries for unity rather than divisiveness and tries for love and compassion rather than judgment and attack the world's going to get better that's how this is going to work one mind at a time so so this is the this is the mission make your make your life better and also improve the world Wonderful. Well, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it uh, official. It's okay. one of my favorite books right now. Um, it, it's one of my favorite books. It probably be for uh, of all time. It's a, a great book. Um, I think everybody should read it. Uh, what you just talked about about the world being di- divisive and divisive and um, screwed up in this in this age where we're sitting now, the world is too separate, and we're never going to fix things by be- by staying there. This is the kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff we need to get back to to center. Um, so I think this will work in your life. Uh, this will work um, if more people read this and get this. It'll it, it could it could be a paradigm changer. Could be a game changer here. So go out and check out Forgive to Win, uh, Doctor Jacobson. Thank you so so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Had a great talk and um, we ho- I hope to uh, talk to you again soon. We'll do some uh, maybe a follow up. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this, too. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. This is J.W. Najarian with Dr. Jacobson. Have a great day and a better tomorrow. Thank you for listening to our Meta Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine. You can find On Purpose Magazine at onpurposemagazine.com. On Purpose Magazine and J.W. On Purpose is the property and is a trademark of Meta Media Group. And this audio is copyright 2012, and all rights are reserved.